Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Jeff Schuster. He's a business coach and founder of Mechanics and Mindset Business Coaching with over 30 years experience in the field of energy efficiency, energy conservation, performance contracting, and renewable energy. He brings a wealth of experience to help CEOs of energy services companies overcome the challenges of acquiring customers, building bigger projects, utility rebates, government regulations, and managing a diverse staff to achieve growth and profitability. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Amy, for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here today to hear about uh, your journey and uh, specifically the the niche that you're in, I think it's really interesting. What's your story in starting uh, mechanics and mindset business coaching? Well, before I started a coaching practice, I started, grew and sold a multi-million dollar energy services company. Now that was in 2013. And when I sold my company, uh, the company that acquired it, I became a VP of the Rocky Mountain region for that company. And about six months into that uh, employment, uh, I had a news that I needed heart surgery. So I went to a heart surgeon. He says, you know, you're going to have to have your mitral valve repaired. And after getting that news, um, I asked him, well, how much work am I going to have to miss? And he said six weeks. And at which point I was overjoyed because I thought I have never been able to take six weeks off of work ever. And that was just so cool. And the heart surgery went fine, but I, I reflected back on that. And I thought, Jeff, if, if you're so excited to get heart surgery just to get six weeks off of work, I wonder if you're happy doing what you're doing. And uh, so six months after the surgery and recovery, I resigned. And uh, then two months after that, I thought, well, I need to get back to doing something. So I decided I was going to become a small business consultant. A, a good friend of mine said, Jeff, you should get your coaching certification. So I did that. And then I reflected back after that coaching education and thought, you know, I would have done so many things differently if I understood what was going on in, in my head with how that was affecting my business decisions. And so I started mechanics and mindset business coaching to actually help clients specifically in those engineering or technical related fields to understand what their thoughts and feelings are actually doing. Because quite frankly, engineers um, and financial people, they don't even know that they have thoughts and feelings half the time. Uh, so so that's, that's how I started mechanics and mindset business coaching is to help those folks uh, get out of their heads and actually focus on growing their businesses. In walking through this journey, what's the number one thing that you're grateful for? You know, I, I am really grateful for the people that help me. So, uh, and, and this is all the way back, you know, obviously my parents, uh, my family, teachers, all the way from grade school through college professors and tons of business mentors who, who honestly taught me a ton. And, and actually now, the people that I work with, I learn a lot from a lot of the business people that I coach. So I, I coach a lot of different folks. I get a lot of different input and, and that has really grown me tremendously. So I'm, I'm grateful for people. That's good. No, I agree with that too. When you start working with other business owners, 
there's nothing like it. Just, you know, uh, being able to encourage each other, even if you're the one that's the coach, right? You do, you learn so much from other people. Absolutely. What's been your intention and your vision for your business? That's a great question. Well, so when I first started uh, and I thought, well, I'm going to grow this small business consulting firm. I I had visions of growing another business, uh, building it, selling it. I have a different mindset today of, of actually creating a very niche focus in the energy efficiency space. And this is actually something that developed out of these coaching conversations with my clients is actually becoming a deal maker within this industry. So I see a lot of different businesses in the, in the energy efficiency space, and I know I can see how they all fit together. And a lot of my clients are looking to either grow and sell their businesses and they're frustrated and there's so much opportunity in merging. Um, so there's a lot of synergies in this industry. And now my vision is, is to really get that, that small group of folks and help them work together uh, a lot more. And so that's, that's my vision. And, and, it's, and so it's really based on my clients more than it is me. I've, I've kind of, I've grown my business. I've sold it. I've made my millions and and I'm really out there to help others connect. I was thinking about that today, actually, too, in the, the fact that, you know, once you've already gone through the whole achieving thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. achieve, 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 climb that ladder, get to where yeah. you wanted to go. And then it's just, okay, I just, I want to give back. I want to be happy. Right. So who typically seeks you out for your coaching? And um, is it, are you only focused on the energy industry for your mm-hmm. I think I seek out energy efficiency, you know, CEOs. Most of the CEOs that are are doing what they're doing are so busy. They're not on social media. So I don't know that they're seeking me out. So they're not doing Google searches, searching for me, but I am actually searching for them and I'm finding them and, and then starting the discussions. The people that tend to seek me out are the people that are on the periphery that see these conversations in some way and say, Hey, look, I, I think I need you because the stuff that you're talking about, I, I'm dealing with in my own business. So a uh, burnout is not something that's only happening in the energy efficiency world. It's happening with a lot of CEOs who are distracted and, and reprocessing and processing things in their mind. So I am sought out by other CEOs and even a lot of small business owners who are just just starting up. What are some of the most common problems of the CEOs that you work with and uh, deal with? A lot of the CEOs that I work with were either engineers or they're heavily financially minded people, and they're they're relatively successful business people. And yet, what the common problem with those personality profiles is they are thinkers. And the problem with thinkers is that they think and they rethink and, and they get distracted and they get pulled so many different directions that their brain just keeps processing and reprocessing information. And on, on some level, they think that's normal. What I help them with is understand that, look, you, you're, your brain is actually consuming literally energy and that energy is a is actually consuming you. You're not spending time with your family. You're not actually living a balanced life. You're constantly thinking and rethinking what you're supposed to be doing with your business. And frankly, you're, you're going in the wrong direction most of the time. So where I help them is actually give them some focus 
and say, okay, look, let's look at all of the things that, that are on your plate and figure out which things are going to serve you the best. And, and it's challenging. So, so until you get somebody from the outside looking at these kinds of things, they don't, they don't recognize them. I didn't recognize them when they were happening to me, frankly. So I, I think it's, uh, so most of the people that I help, it's because they're just processing and reprocessing, processing things from a thinking perspective and not making the kind of progress that they need in, in their personal life as well as in their business. So what does it mean to see your business and yourself objectively? And how does that help business owners? Well, I have a little story for this one. The, the objective part, when somebody gets outside of you and sees you, they're going to give you a more, more truthful story than the, the story that you're painting of yourself. Uh, one of the first projects that I sold in my last business, it was a small school district. It was one of the first large projects that I sold. Um, and it was just me. I was on, on a home office. There's this little sc small school district in Eastern Colorado. And, and I was competing against seven other Fortune 500 companies for this work. Wow. And I won. Well, the customer invited my wife and I to a homecoming picnic. And um, we're sitting uh, down with the superintendent of that little school district. And my wife asked this so embarrassing question. She says, well, why did you pick Jeff for this project? And he said, well, something that was not on my list. Of, so I had this bulleted list of all of these reasons that they would pick us over these other seven companies. The reason that he told her had nothing to do with what I said. Um, it was because I was small and they were small. Well, guess what I used on the rest of my marketing to then build my business with all these small school districts. So, so what I thought was my benefit that I was providing my customers wasn't what my customers thought my, my true benefit was. And once I aligned that with an objective perspective of, of, of what I was truly providing as value, my business just skyrocketed. So, so all the small school districts were actually seeking me out because I was small and my big ego would never have come up with that <laughs> <laughs> as a differentiating point. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. You, you really don't uh, see what your specific value is unless you start to get that feedback. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. So you teach four leadership principles of how to understand the value of leadership team building, empowerment, and leveraging diverse personality types, which uh, do leaders struggle with the most and why? It depends on where they've come from. So I learned all of that stuff. So before I started my business, I was in a large corporate setting. And in, in those settings, they, they train you on all of these leadership principles. And, and I was very fortunate to have that training. A lot of small business owners don't get that. So Small business owners, they just kind of start off on their own and then they start growing. And as they grow, they just by necessity think, oh, I got to promote somebody or get or find a manager or something. And, and they never really understood leadership themselves. And so a big part of it for that really independent small, small business owner, it's the empowerment piece. That's, that's probably the biggest issue of, of delegating and letting other people do things. Um, they're perfectly capable. You just don't think that they are. <laughs> and, and, and then actually um, letting them uh, be creative and come up with their own ideas, which, which actually is how businesses can become amazing because they actually take 
um, great ideas from their employees and, and they, they take the best of the best. And, and that's how these companies become so dynamic. And that's, I suppose that's the why. Uh, but but they're all valuable. I know that uh, even the personality profiles, understanding that people are different than you, and that's a good thing. So I understand that you also offer training programs in addition to coaching. What are some of your testimonies from those that you've trained? So most of the training programs that I offer are are for beginning business owners. So there are a lot of things that I had to learn the hard way when I started my business. And I see a lot of new business owners struggling with the same stuff. And, and there are some government services that offer this, but uh, they're the basics. So like financing, marketing, sales, um, some, some basic mindset stuff, and then just how to form legally form your business. And the feedback that I get from um, my students is that I lay things out in a step-by-step approach so that they can actually follow it and really use it for their business. So it's not an academic program. It's a program that I learned, like I said, the hard way. And it's like, well, this is what I, what I learned how to, to do. And they're basic fundamentals. Um, and it's a lot of online training. And, and so the feedback I get is, is that it actually taught them how, how to start their business instead of just giving them information on what they should do with a business. Yeah, the implementation part. I right. think that's huge. I hear that a lot from people. I need help implementing, right? Right. So you help new businesses craft a solid business plan. Um, what is one of your top tips for those that are sitting down to write the first plan? So you have to understand I'm an engineer and I love math and I love numbers, but that's not the case <laughs> for a lot of people. And even though this may not feel comfortable to a lot of new business owners, the first step and the top tip that I can give is, is really know your numbers, uh, understand how to create a financial forecast, understand the bookkeeping and accounting of, of how these numbers all fit together. Because yes, it's important to have passion in what you do and, and the core of who you are and, and the services that you offer, but they're not going to go anywhere until you understand what you can charge um, how much money you need, how much money you need to make in your business, and how much uh, reinvestment that business is going to need at, at some point. And, and so use a framework that, that actually helps you create a financial forecast that's realistic. And, and it's obviously going to change as, as you grow. But from a business planning perspective, I think it really all starts there and then start looking at finding customers with your marketing and sales and and the legal formation. A lot of people do it the other way around. They'll, they'll think, oh, I need a logo and, and I need to figure out a company name, right? And, and then the rest of this stuff, and then I'll get business cards. And so they, they literally go backwards um, it's, instead of starting with that financial plan. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes they don't even know what they're gonna sell. Right. Well, I'm a business card, don't know what I'm selling yet, but I got my logo. Yeah. In fact, that, that's another point is, is to really interview who you think your prospective customers are. They're going to tell you things that, that you, you may not have thought about. And, and, and it'd be nice to know that before you make a business plan, right? Yes. Yeah. Going out there and just blindly thinking, oh, well, I, I struggled with this, so they must all struggle with it. But that's not always, that's not always right. the case, right? Right. right. Yeah. 
But what is your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey? Because you've had a lot of success. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of failure too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a requirement, right? You right. have to fail a lot in order to succeed. <laughs> well, and I think that, so the truth then is, I, I would say, persistence um, and, and focus. So, so th those two things. Now, now here's, here's the challenge. I think while that's the truth, I, I think focusing and persistent on the right things is probably the, the full truth. Now, understanding what those right things are, that's the challenge. And that's where the subjective viewpoint really can help, uh, whether it's a coach or mentor or somebody outside of you that can say, hey, yeah, you know, you're thinking of this stuff all wrong or something. I've had situations where I was not persistent on the right things. Um, and I was persistent or distracted by the wrong things. So, so understand where the right direction is and then work hard to pursue that. And, and don't, don't get discouraged. Um, and, and it's easy. So you're going to see there are some things that I've started and, and they weren't very good at first. I, I didn't get great responses. But then a year later, I, after that persistence of sticking with it, all of a sudden they started taking off. So I would just say it's hard, especially in this digital marketing space. You can do a lot of content marketing and you can do a lot of stuff and you can feel like, oh, this is going nowhere. Uh, and then all of a sudden that little spark takes off and, and the word of mouth starts catching on and, and then you see this exponential growth. So it's it's hard in business and, and you don't know what that future is until you experience it obviously so so you have to have a lot of faith <laughs> yeah definitely and you know right. to that point about the social media i actually i was on uh youtube for a really long time i thought mm -hmm. nobody cares <laughs> i'm just speaking into a void yeah nobody cares and and finally i just decided i was gonna give up i did a a, a live stream on my Facebook that nobody watched. I downloaded it, put it on YouTube. And I didn't know SEO back then. I didn't know right. any of the stuff that you've got to do to rank videos and things. I put it up there. It was in the dark, horrible looking, you know, type <laughs> of, you know, video, everything. But I was telling the secrets of how much ROI you get if you sell things on Amazon. Yeah. And I was like, this is the truth. They're all lying out there saying they're millionaires and they're not. And uh, it went, we went viral. It took a couple of months. And all of a sudden I started getting all of these notifications and I'm like, did I leave an ad on or something? <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure I was going broke. Right. I paid to, for too many Facebook ads. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. I left something on. So yeah, no, then I got all these subscribers and that went, you know, viral overnight. And that's just an example of, you can feel absolutely like nobody cares about your content and right. that your content is bad because after I, after that one video went viral, all my other videos, people were like, we love all this content. <laughs> so, you know, people just have to be able to find you for some, right. you know, for, for the right reasons. And I think that that's key. It's, it's not that your, your content's bad. It's just people haven't found you yet. Right. 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 I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there and, and you can be great. And it's just getting found sometimes. Yeah. But but in the meantime, you think your mind can easily say, oh, you just you're not good enough. Whatever you're doing, people just don't like you or something. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially with the online stuff. 
when it's when you're not getting any feedback right it's crickets yeah. yeah, then your then your brain steps in and, and gives you feedback. <laughs> it and it's not positive. No, it's not. It's very true. Uh, yeah, very true. And you know, it's funny because I've talked to a number of people that have said, you know, I'm not I wasn't getting any ROI on, on social media. Mm-hmm. And it does take a long time. Right. Right. Things. Like it, it that's the long game. Yeah. You know? And I mean, you could be posting things every single day and it not, you know, really take off or all of a sudden all of your videos get suppressed for whatever reason. Right. And not pushed out, you know, like you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I had done a review on um, the, the social media platform parlor when it came out before it went political. I uh-huh. thought, oh, it's just another social media. Oh, I did one of those. <laughs> Google suppressed it all. Oh, dear. Yeah. They probably suppressed like other stuff that you were doing maybe too. Yeah. yeah. All of it. Oh dear. I couldn't rank. I I'd go in and I, cause I, I'm an SEO expert. So I would rank my videos top and search for something that was a really great keyword and it, and it would be up there for a day and then disappear. And so I created a new channel and SEO started SEOing things and it worked. Wow. So I knew that they had suppressed me and I'm, and that, that was the only thing that they, cause I would, my video was topping Google as well. Right. So it, it, yeah, it easily got, so you just don't know when those things are going to happen. You can innocently, innocently do something. And, uh, and then that somebody just decides they don't like your content. And um, so, yeah, that is, it's definitely a long game. And mm-hmm. I think your email list is probably more important than, uh, your social media outlets and I'm a digital marketer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you just don't know. I mean, and so, so you, you can get paranoid, but in some cases that paranoia is justified. Like, like in your experience, you, you were actually being throttled or, or suppressed in, in your content. So yeah, it's, it's hard to know. Uh, and, and you don't really know. I don't know that anybody fully knows some of the algorithms that Facebook and Google and, and some of these folks are using. So, yeah. And they change consistently. That's right. You know, yep. and they can take the whole platform down at, you know, at any moment. And yep. I mean, I've seen, I remember it was um, Periscope that was really popular. And I said, mm. all these people that huge followings and, you know, they were doing great. And then now it's not a popular app at all. And they don't have they don't have a follower base anywhere else. Oh no. And you know, it just made me realize how quickly you could be, you could have millions of people following you Mm -hmm. and then that app go away, that social media platform, not be popular anymore. And you, you lose everybody. Exactly. And and usually it's, it's the owner of that social media platform that does some sort of change that ruins it for the experience and everyone leaves. Right. And that's why what you said that the email list is something that you have. Email is going to usually be there forever unless their email server changes or something. But in most cases, that's something that you can actually control. Yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I do want to mention your website is mm-hmm. mmbizcoach.com. LinkedIn yep. is under your last name. And I will put all of these links down below. Okay. And uh, people can find you at mmbizcoach, mm-hmm. um, Facebook as well, and Instagram. Yep. And I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank and you so much for having me. 
yeah, sharing your journey. And it's, it's really interesting. And just the successes that you've had and the wisdom that you have behind that, I think is uh, invaluable. <laughs> well, thank you so much. If you are listening and you want to get a hold of Jeff, again, you can go to mmbizcoach.com. If you want more information about A Call to Thrive, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone for listening. And as